0: Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stay with us as the suns gets set to shine. Here's Mary. Cigar heard. Here's the jump
1: shot. Comes to Marley. A long three. He got him. He got him. Into Booker. Here's the three. Tuesday. Sir
0: Charles. And he flies in for a wham, bam, slam. Bravo time. Welcome to 7 Seconds or Less, a podcast about the NBA and the Phoenix Suns. My name is Max McCauley and I am joined as always by my co-host. His name is David Nash. David, we just watched the first round of the NBA draft. The second round is currently going on as we speak. A lot of things happened.
1: Wow, Max. That's really all I can say here. Um, I think we expected a little bit of chaos over the offseason overall uh, and chaos in general NBA terms at this draft, but the Suns have given us plenty to unpack here.
0: Yeah, I think the NBA community in general expected a crazy draft. I don't think they expected that every single trade would involve the Suns. <laughs> so that was interesting. But uh, So we're just going to react here. We're going to go through chronological order. The second round is still going on, as I said, so there's a chance Josh Jackson gets dumped into cap space at some point here, if any team would have him. But uh, we're going to keep going. We'll, we'll we'll break in with that if it happens. It'll,
1: it'll make the night if we get another deal while recording here, Max, because it would certainly fit in with the rest of the craziness. But, uh, yeah, I think we can safely keep going and, and keep one eye on the phones in case something blows up from watch Yep. Uh, I have my eye on it. <laughs> in fact, Indiana just traded a pick, but it's not to us, so we'll keep going. <laughs> uh, okay, so the Suns traded – this is like, a, what,
0: was it three or four hours before the draft? The Suns traded TJ Warren – and the number thirty-two overall pick to the Indiana Pacers for absolutely nothing, David. Yep, and we tried to warn people
1: about this one, Max.
0: Mm-hmm. I pretty much—I think I brought this up. Another pat myself on the back here because I'm going to do a lot of not patting myself on the back pretty soon. <laughs> uh, but I think I brought this up a little while ago, where I thought T.J. Warren into Cap's face was a pretty likely thing to happen.
1: Yeah, I think you were spot on with that. We we tried to bring it up with. Uh, a few tweets and pods in the last few weeks or so. And, um, you know, it it got hot, I think, the night before while I was sleeping or the day of the draft, I guess, the night before for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a few rumoured teams. I think Dallas was another. Yep. Eventually it it happened. And, you know, all I would say is I think I tweeted something from Sam Vecini around uh, the Brooklyn trade, I think it was, where he was essentially saying that a a first-round pick for around $15 million of uh, dumping salaries is around is about the right cost So in terms of the trade You may not agree that they should have dumped uh, TJ for a pure salary dump But in terms of what it actually cost them to do so I think it was at the time at least A pretty fair and reasonable deal People tend to So here's what I'll say about TJ Warren
0: I understand why people like him a lot Because he does have a rare set of skills We've talked about this before mm-hmm. He has a really good scoring ability The shooting thing this year was nice the problem with TJ Warren is you're trading him to a select number of teams because no one who's uh, bad wants him. And then no one who's in a big market who wants to use their cap space in the next couple of years wants him. Yep. So you have to find these teams that are you know competitive but like not great with their cap space. And, and so that's going to be uh, – Indiana was obviously perfect. Utah would have been one, but they already sort of made their big move. Uh, Dallas, I thought, was interesting. I think Dallas was probably trying to trade back similar salary or just a better fit for the Suns. But that's yep. not what the Suns are looking for here. The Suns wanted cap space. That was pretty clear. And uh, I, I mean, we all thought it was for free agency this season. But uh, as we'll get to later, David, it was really more for acquiring players today.
1: Yes. And that we are going to get to that later. But I guess to um, preface that, it, it looks like, you know, with a little bit of money here or there, Dario Saric... Uh, And Aaron Baines, if he hangs around in the desert, essentially take up uh, the space that TJ Warren vacated in terms of salary for next year.
0: Yeah, the whole thing, I think, and you're going to come up with a real calculation here. I think the whole thing, we get about $1 total in cap space, so almost a wash. Uh, it really feels like they wanted to change or turn TJ Warren into players that they would have kind of wanted to sign in free agency instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they kind of did some of their work that they would have done in free agency early, and I, I think they did a good job. And again, we'll get to that. Well, you know, let's go ahead and go to the next one because I think actually you, you want to real quick just give I guess not really a grade, but sort of your overall feeling on the TJ Warren trade just by
1: itself. I mean, I think at the time I was I was very happy with it. It looked like they'd freed up you know ten million in space for the cost of thirty two. Um, You know, we kind of spoke about last episode Even though it eventually ended up happening We weren't sure whether they were going to take Two guys in this draft and and two more rookies So at the time of the deal Without everything that we knew afterwards I I was pretty happy with it And as you said, we've spoken a lot about His non-fit on the team in Phoenix And therefore, I wasn't too happy with uh, You know, supposed value going out the door For nothing coming back, Max
0: Yep, agree. I think I think the key point here was that the Suns really needed to move T.J. Warren because they just couldn't really bring him back. It wouldn't make made a lot of sense. And uh, the the reason why the Suns may have got less value than people expected is just because T.J. Warren's a tough fit. He's not an easy guy to fit around the league. Like There's only a few teams, as I mentioned, that could trade for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had to do what they could do, and I think this was probably about the best they could have done. But let's go ahead and move on to probably the most important thing the Suns did today. Maybe, not even probably. The most important thing the Suns did today. Which was trading the number six overall pick to the Timberwolves for number eleven and Dario Saric. So, without getting into what they did at number eleven, because that's obviously the most controversial thing that happened. Yep. Let's just evaluate this trade on its own, David. I, I know you and I probably had different reactions to this because of our
1: different feelings about Cole. Where were you when you first heard about this trade? Uh, in a vacuum, I really liked the trade, and I think at the time, even though the, hilariously there was a, a couple of things kind of you know back to back with each other where it was looking like Culver was going to be available at six, and I got slightly excited about that. And thirty seconds later, this trade dropped <laughs> essentially, and I knew he wasn't going to last to eleven, so that got taken away very quickly with this trade. But with that not in mind, I quite liked it. You know, moving back from six to eleven. Getting Saric in. I think he essentially, you know, depending on what happens at power forward in free agency, becomes the starting power forward, fills that need. And as we're going to get into with a lot of these deals, I think they've tried to set themselves up for the simplest free agency whatsoever um, by having a few of these holes uh, plugged in. And, and to be honest, I, I wish we kind of saw it coming because I think we've spoken about a lot of these things in the past. Um, and that they needed to address a hell of a lot of things and I think we probably should have seen a lot of these things coming and, and this kind of chaos at the draft they've kind of turned things over a little bit but you know he's a theoretical uh, deep threat he, he's kind of dropped in his percentages recently bounced around from Philly to Minnesota pretty good passer for his size games I watch of him he's a kind of active offensive rebounder so he brings a lot of stuff to that position and Um, A cheap contract, which I think you know, I patted myself on the back a little bit in terms of us bringing Dario Saric up in the past, and that was purely because looking at um, you know unloved power forwards around the the league that were on low money, he was certainly one that came to mind, Max.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, um, I'm not gonna say that if Dario Saric was just a free agent uh, available, and you told me that we could sign him for 3.4 million versus you know. All the other options, I would say it's my favorite option, but it would definitely be in the top three or four. I think like that's a pretty good deal to have a guy like Dario Saric on, 25 years old, so he's not too young where he's gonna suck because he's a rookie-ish player, and he's not too old where he doesn't fit kind of what this team's doing. Yep, like a 3.4 million dollar contract for Dario Saric is kind of exactly what you're looking for. It's, it's kind of a, I actually think it's being a little lost in the night how how nice this this acquisition was for the Suns. Uh, like you said, that the three point percentage just bounced around a little bit, but he did shoot. Uh, once he got to Minnesota, he shot thirty eight percent. He shot thirty nine percent last year. Uh, the whole year combined, this year is thirty six. So that's that, I mean, those are pretty good numbers for a pig. Uh, for what I can tell, I, I also I like to judge this stuff based on how much the the team that uh, he comes from likes him. Mm-hmm. And Philly fans seem to really like him. Uh, they were bummed when he got traded away, and I that, I think that is a good sign. Uh, so I'm I'm in on Sarge. I think that he is going to be a massive upgrade over what we had before. Uh, I mean that's not really saying very much. We've never at the four before.
1: <laughs> there was a giant hole at power Forward, basically, so he definitely feels that need for us and, and he's an upgrade on nothing, Max. Yeah,
0: you know, he absolutely is. And it, you know, it it really is gonna depend on what you think the difference between number six and number eleven in the draft is. For me, Dario Sarge is uh, more than worth it. Uh, particularly if they would have done something good at eleven, which we'll get to. But uh, so, where, is that, do you kind of agree with that, uh, even though you're a big Culver guy?
1: Yeah, identical situation to Caliubray. Basically, they get a cheapish guy in under this year's cap to contribute right away, and then they're going to have a you know around nine ten million dollar cap hold on him. The option of the qualifying offer as a restricted free agent. Um, And as with Kelly Oubre They're going to have bird rights So the option Mm -hmm. if he has a really good season To potentially go over the cap If they're going to pay him more than his cap hold Which I believe is around that 10 million I doubt he gets more than that Even with a great season with the Suns But you never know I think it's a pretty lean free agency class Next season uh, I don't want to jump too far forward because we've got Nerdcast, obviously, next episode <laughs> up. Max focusing on, on this free agency. But um, yeah, I think it, if you're thinking about it from that point of view and, and Suns fans are trying to get a view of this, he's very similar to the Cali Ubre trade, obviously coming in for the full season rather than halfway through like Oubre did.
0: Yep, totally agree. All right, let's move on to the the biggest thing that happened tonight, David, probably in terms of just the reaction to it. Like I said, I think the trade we just talked about was the most important thing, but this is probably the most <laughs> controversial thing. Mm-hmm. The Suns at number 11 after Cam Reddish had just gone to Atlanta. And I would say, not this is not just me being biased towards Brandon Clark. It kind of felt like everybody in the world expected them to take Brandon Clark. Well, everybody kind of in the know on Suns Twitter expected them to take Brandon Clark, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, if you were just trying to read tea leaves, I think that's the way it was going. But I just rewind a little bit. I know we mentioned Culver a little bit before mm-hmm. but him going at six was a real shot to the heart for me Max, and wearing
0: and, wearing a sunset David
1: oh <laughs> um, yeah the fact that he's that there is now an image not a photoshopped image but a, a literal image of Jarrett Culver with a Suns hat on uh is probably going to haunt me forever and and you know the fact that Minnie took him at that pick and and look like they're going to be keeping him um it's going to go on for 3 or 4 years here with seeing how he develops and it's one of my friends that I watched the draft with kind of posed the question to me it's a real tough one you know i've kind of gone all in on colver here So it's, do you want to be wrong in terms of your scouting of the last few months and putting Culver at number two on your big board? Uh, Or do you want to be right? And that probably means that it's a pretty bad trade from Phoenix's perspective down the track. It's looking like a bad trade right now, which we're going to get into with who they took at 11. But uh, yeah, that's going to be one for me to think over for many years to come, I think. Yeah, that's ever fun.
0: Yeah, so let's get into it. They took Cam Johnson out of, the, out of UNC. You've watched him more than I have. I know the the highlights of him. He's a he's a great shooter. Uh, pretty pretty solid on that. It's a pretty smart player on offense at least. He's really not a defender. From what I've heard about him. Yep. Uh, forward-ish guy. He's a guy who has size, but doesn't really play like he has size. Yes. Uh, so he's probably going to be, I mean, he's going to be nominally a four off the bench for us, probably, but really more of a three. I don't know. David, where do you, where do you view Camp Johnson playing
1: for the Suns next year? I think he's going to be off the bench as a three. I can see him playing with Mikael Bridges as a bit of a two-three combo. Um, you're right. The, de- the defense is not good. Um, and you know the defense across the whole roster is still not great here. I hope they really prioritize that with point guard, but um, I think Mikhail Bridges is going to be trying to fix up a lot of mistakes from yeah. the whole roster at the moment. But, you know, I, I really like Cam. I, I've got to get on record here. I'm looking at my kind of rough big board here, which, you know, like you, after the, the top 10, it gets a little bit sketchy in terms of guys that I really watch full-time and, and who I didn't. But, you know, I have him at 15, so... Mm. This isn't a huge reach. Like, if I'm going to be upset about not taking Culver at 6 because I have him at 2, I also need to factor in it's essentially the same gap from 11 to 15 here with Cam Johnson. I just think he's a really smart player. Um, Fit-wise, and I think Colves Wicker uh, noted this on Twitter just earlier, uh, he had him kind of hopefully going high to a more of a contender than someone like Phoenix, because I think that's where he would really flourish but you know if you're looking for anything suns fans listening to this with him it's obviously shooting i think he's the best shooter in the draft and then it kind of all goes from there really high iq guy i think a lot of the stuff that i saw with him i didn't scout him directly i kind of saw him as i was uh scouting kobe white games they played on the same team and had really great chemistry together actually so you know super high iq um, you know, great screener uses his gravity as a screener to eventually pop and get open shots, or or get his teammates. He can make the right pass and a really good cutter off ball, actually, which I think is going to be a really good thing with this team, with some smart guys like Booker and and McHale, obviously. So the shooting's obviously the one elite skill which gets him on the court. Uh, and I'm going to mention it again, Max. You know, I talk about this all the time. You just got to have an NBA skill to get yourself on the court to hopefully then improve at some of the other things so you know overall should have taken culver at six and not done this trade in my opinion probably shouldn't have reached to 11 for cam johnson but it's not the end of the world uh the age and the health are what is going to make it a really bad trade for phoenix down the track with cam if those two things don't work out and we don't see more improvement out of him
0: yeah, I mean, it, that's what's so interesting about this. I kind of liked him too. I didn't, I didn't even scout him or beyond the show as much as you did, but I did have the guys that I liked um, later on that I had seen a little bit of, and he was one of them. Mainly because I'm just a big shooter guy. You know, I love, I love Andrew Shammett, Obviously, I'm just yep. really big on shooting because it's sort of important in the modern NBA. Mm-hmm. So he's somebody I had my eye on. I just it was just kind of shocking to see him go at 11 because you know no one ever even talked about him as being in the teens really. Much less number 11 overall. Yeah. Uh, and really, to me, what it came down to, and everyone knows, is I'm not going to labor this point. It's just that I had Brandon Clark number two for the Suns in this entire draft. Uh, so the fact that I thought they were going to be able to pull off something where they traded down to 11, got Sarich, and got Brandon Clark and got those two guys to play power forward for them. Yes. Uh, that would have been, in my mind, perfect. It would have been great. And it just kind of feel like they punted on a really, uh, really nice opportunity. Yeah. Uh, one thing, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, David. But I'm seeing some indications. Have you seen much of this of the Suns possibly buying out Aaron Baines, who I'm sure everyone here knows we're, that we're going to get him in that trade? I, I, why would they do that? What, what's the point? They, they don't save any money doing that, do they?
1: I did worry that this was going to be the case because the rumor with Aaron is you know he opted into his $5 million to help Boston out. And now that Horford is leaving, they kind of wanted to get rid of him and and send him to a contender. So, you know, players and agents control everything here. The team really should be, uh, you know, wanting him as a $5 million backup on this team because he would be great. But this was my concern. I haven't seen anything from it. I don't know who that's coming from, Max, but uh, that is a blow because, uh, yeah, I think it was rumored that the Suns wanted a big who could shoot... Um, and he certainly ticks that box. So I, I was hoping not only with the Australian connection, but that he was hanging around. Yeah,
0: the tweet came from Keith Smith, who is not like an elite reporter by any means, but he's somebody who does report on things every once in a while, gets a lot of things and has
1: right. good Boston connections. Generally, that's too. that's very true too. Yeah.
0: So I, I might imagine uh, the tweet says buy out That doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like they would not they would at least try to trade him for nothing first. Into a contender, if somebody's interested in him. Like, why would you waste that cap space? I don't really understand that. Is that, are they really that into Ty
1: the Jerome? They are willing to do that? And maybe it's a, a lost in translation thing here. I, I mean, not to call out Keith Smith, but he did get um, something kind of lost in translation yesterday with um, the, the deal that kind of involved Phoenix because uh, Milwaukee couldn't trade both of their back to back 19 and 20 picks. And um, yeah, I think some of these things get lost in translation sometimes. I think you make a great point that um, from Phoenix's perspective, they really should be hoping to at least just trade him into space for someone to make that space for themselves or else it's looking like a, a worse deal for Phoenix. And I will get to this, but I don't love the deal overall. So it would be even worse for me um, with him not on the Suns.
0: No, I agree, and let's let's go ahead and make this promise. I'm gonna you've watched Cam Johnson a lot. I'm gonna make sure to watch him before our uh, Nerdcast this weekend. Yeah, and I'm gonna watch a lot of Ty Jerome too, and we'll talk about that in a second here, just to make sure I have like a real opinions on them before we really talk about this. <laughs> yep. Ty Jerome watching is limited to watching Virginia win the tournament this year, I'm watching like you know five of their games, mm-hmm. which is you know a decent amount. And he was I thought he was I really liked him. I I never really thought of him as an NBA prospect because he doesn't look like one. But I like the way he played in a college court, so, you know, I'm going to look at him with an NBA eye and see what I think. But let's go ahead and get into that trade. So the Suns traded the Milwaukee pick for number 24 overall, which is Ty Jerome, and Aaron Baines. So when this trade initially happened, I it wasn't reported together. And I, I, I kind of like that. I mean, I like Ty Jerome. Uh, and I don't care about the Milwaukee pick. Mm-hmm. So the Aaron Baines thing um, came later, and that is interesting. So. I like Aaron Baines a lot I think he's a good player uh, So if, if we're keeping him And he wants to be here At 5.5 million as backup center to replace Holmes I think he's better than Holmes and I think he fits better than Holmes Yeah uh, I like his toughness I like he'll bring effort Not that you know Holmes didn't I just think Baines Is just uh, He shoots too He's just better for me With Aiton As the backup But man If we're just gonna eat That 5.5 million Or whatever it is That's kind of terrible David
1: Yeah, I'll throw this out there. I think 5.5 on a contender is a good salary for Aaron Baines. I think he can probably get more on the open market. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can do a deal where... Uh, they buy him out for much less than that five, and he's happy to kind of just go and throw himself out on the open market. It would be very risky for him as a free agent, but, you know, be sure that he's going to get that money back. You know, we saw back-channeling with Al Horford essentially ceasing negotiations with Boston because he essentially already has a deal from one or two other teams that he's confident in, so maybe they can do that. Uh, you raise a good point with the Baines stuff coming later. Um could be that yeah he wasn't really a target for Phoenix in this trade which is disappointing um, and again just a bit of a nail in the coffin for this deal overall because I don't love Ty Jerome um, which we can get into now if, if you want to
0: yeah I mean you can go ahead and say what you think about him like I said I watched him in the tournament and I liked him as a college basketball player I didn't at all think about whether he'd be a good NBA player or not this just was not in my mind when I was watching Ty Jerome play yeah so uh, I don't really have an opinion on that yet. I want to watch him a little more and, and, and think about him on the Suns and in the NBA in general. But yeah, you go ahead and uh, give, yeah, give you a brief
1: little why you don't love him so much. He, he really pops on film when you watch him. Again, kind of like Cam Johnson with Kobe White, most of my Ty Jerome watching is when I scouted uh, DeAndre Hunter. So, you know, watching full games of DeAndre Hunter, Ty Jerome stood out quite a lot, so I kind of dug into him a little bit more, but it's just the athleticism. Mm. I love him from a basketball standpoint. Great college player, really stands out, makes great reads, pretty good shooter, um, and, and pretty good passer as well. But yeah, just the overall athleticism. Spoke again to Coles Wicker about this, and he raised some red flags for me in terms of whether that's going to be able to translate to the NBA. So, you know, it's funny. I think he's definitely a, a James Jones guy, and I think we're seeing with both Cam Johnson and anti-jerome here that he certainly has a type as a gm yeah um and i think you know we also knew that they were going to gut this team and and try and create it in their own image a little bit because the old team is very much in the old gm's image here um very much a mess but you know and they were going to do it at any cost so i tweeted earlier today i think all of these deals if you just look at them from a pure value standpoint, um, Phoenix right now are probably going to look like losers in all of them. But they're they're really, uh, you know, we're charged with the task of turning this roster over in their image and. They're kind of taking the L every now and then on these deals, I think, to just kind of get the roster where they want it to be, if that makes sense, Max.
0: No, I think that's exactly right. I think this is James Jones and, to a lesser extent, Jeff Bauer, although not too much of a lesser extent because I think he's the one behind the stupid Cam Johnson pick.
1: That story just, oh, man, Max... Yeah, dude, th- that was even the worst part about it. I think wasn't it? Uh, I don't know how much that's just PR spin and, and crap from Wodge. If there, that's
0: or- PR spin and that's for you to do for the Suns, guess what? Major failure because it didn't help.
1: <laughs> terrible, terrible.
0: But uh, I'm looking at so while you were speaking about Hydro, I was looking up his because you mentioned his uh, his measurements, athleticism not not good at all, David. You weren't kidding. He has a negative wingspan. Yep, uh, which is bad. Uh, his vertical leap is hilarious. It's probably like mine, which is really bad. <laughs> uh, his speed scores not not good. He's basically just a non athlete, from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. So, and listen, the dude is crafty as hell. That's kind of what he makes his name on. He he knows how to do it, and make his moves. He knows how to get to his spots. But like, you really have to be an outlier in that kind of stuff just to see the NBA if you're this bad of an athlete and this you know you measure this poorly. So. Yeah, we'll see, man. That that's going to be tough, and I I imagine. I mean, he's got to be one of those guys who's a scrappy defender, but like not actually going to be a good defender because he's way undersized
1: and unathletic, right? Yeah, and you know, forty percent from three, Cam Johnson over his college career in five years, shots also forty percent from three, and more recently forty-five percent. So again, another thing we probably should have seen coming here. They needed shooting, they wanted shooting, and they got shooting. Uh, it just for me in in both Johnson and Jerome here they've kind of got it at the sacrifice of you know very little athleticism. We didn't touch on it that much with Cam Johnson. You did a little bit, but you know not a lot of shake with Cam Johnson. Huge for his position, which is great, but you know not a great athletic defender for guarding guys the same size as him, and, and really struggles then when he tries to guard down position on smaller guys too, and yeah. Jerome's scrappy but isn't going to be an impactful guy on that end either so you're putting a lot of pressure on DeAndre Ayton and, and Devin Booker and you know I'll put my hand up I've said before the game becomes very simple if DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker pan out as they're supposed to because it should be you know a pick and roll with them two with Mikael on the wing maybe Cam Johnson on the wing and know a few other guys you know coming in and out off the bench but you're putting a lot of pressure on those two guys um, by picking guys like this as your rookies coming off the bench max oh
0: man i, I actually came into this feeling like i was a little bit higher on this and uh, this conversation made me lower david <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm sorry i'm sorry but you know i think you, you said it perfectly for the for the ride for just us two personally and i'm sure a lot of people who follow us were feeling the same thing is you know, for me, the kick in the guts was, was Jarrett Culver falling to six here. And then after that, I think the kick in the guts for both of us, but more so you in particular, for me, it was more of a, okay, there's at least a plan B here and we might get Brandon Clark at number 11. Um, You know, they've just gone and and done things that we weren't really expecting. So our, our initial reaction here is still not great. You know, Cam Johnson didn't bring it up before, but I'll just bring it up now. I think, For him, I think they probably wanted to trade back a little bit further um, and were hoping that they might be able to get a team interested in six and and then the Cam Johnson pick looks a little bit better because I think he would have lasted at least a little bit longer into the late teens. So as we just see that bowl-bowl had been considered a top five pick from Wodge and is still on the board at 40. Uh, <laughs> I got that prediction right last episode. I believe I said he'd slide into the second round, Max. So Yeah, not only the second round, man. There, he might be going... I mean, is there a chance he goes on draft? That would be incredible. It's, it's getting more and more likely, but I think someone will take a shot, yeah. surely. Unless the background stuff that we have no idea about is just really red flaggy with Bolbol, Bol, which few people have alluded to that it kind of is but yeah we got some of those predictions right but as I was saying we we didn't get a lot of these Suns predictions right and I think that's why we're left feeling a little bit concerned with this overall draft even though they have ticked off a few boxes that they clearly wanted to and I think they've made their free agency a lot easier in a week's time and we'll be Pretty easy for us to talk about On the next episode Because I think there's really just one glaring hole now With maybe some other things that they want to do um, But yeah, overall I'm not feeling great about it Just because of those kick in the guts With, with both Culver and Brandon Clark And um, you know maybe we have ourselves to blame For, for being too in on those guys uh, And reading too much Of the tea leaves Because another note I have here Is that workouts clearly mean nothing yeah. Max, because they had they went to Texas for Jarrett Culver. He was there at six. Uh, they'd already traded the pick, so weren't interested in that. And then everything looked pretty good for a Brandon Clark trade back, given that they had him for only one of three workouts. Um, so that was looking like it was an easy bet to make. Uh, and then they pulled this curveball with Cam Johnson, which is just, you know, bewildering. Obviously, we should note Brandon Clark slid a fair way back in the end. I think he went at twenty-one to Memphis. Yep. Which we should say, you know, him and Triple J, like God. Home run. It's incredible. They're they're gonna be
0: they're gonna be the best defensive front court in the entire NBA at some point. They're gonna be awesome. Because like, the one problem with Brandon Clark, as everyone likes to point out, is his wingspan. And guess guess what JJJ's got? Got the wingspan. Yes. And so those two together are also both just brilliant instinctual defenders. Uh, oh, they're just going to be insane, David. That's going to be awesome to watch. I- I'm excited for that, even though it's not the Suns, obviously. I, feel, I kind of feel like this is the second year in a row. The, the, uh, I just, I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to be a bummer. <laughs> I do. Let's make fun of another team, then. Can we make fun of another team just so we can get some of this uh, this hate out? I think we need to.
1: I want to make fun of Atlanta. Can we make fun of Atlanta real quick? Ooh, terrible. Terrible. Let's, they deserve it.
0: What, what are they doing? They traded so much to get to number four for DeAndre Hunter. Like... Uh, Somebody on Twitter tweeted out something like, man, they really did that just to get a a Jay Crowder, number four? Yep. It's like, come on, man, what are you doing? If you're
1: following along with the the highlights package whilst they... Mentioned Kawhi early on. They eventually settled on Jay Crowder as the comp. And uh, (laughs) a a buddy of mine who I was watching with actually kind of said, you know, if if we did a redraft of Jay Crowder's draft, I haven't looked at it since, but is there absolutely any way he would go at number four or even really in the lottery in that draft? I'd have to look at it, but it would have to be a pretty bad draft for him to even be a top 10 pick, I'd imagine, even with everything that we know since. So, yeah, bit of a reach for DeAndre. Uh, Puts a hell of a lot of pressure on that kid Kind of like the Trey Young deal um, last season Which, you know, Trey came out the other side of it And and made it look pretty good for Travis Schlenk But, yeah, Hunter's going to have to be an otherworldly player uh, For this deal to come off Because they essentially sent four picks to get it done
0: Yeah, I I just don't get it Um, it, It's Like, Atlanta has such a good thing going on Like, to give up all that Just to get up for DeAndre Hunter, who I've said before, like he's somebody you're excited to get in the late lottery in most drafts, or even later, like it's like a, a fun, a nice wing you might be able to shoot. Like mm-hmm. the dude's not like a, a a super good field basketball player. He's the kind of guy who just plays a role for you. It, it, just trade up for him in this draft, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, I thought the big trade up candidate was going to be Darius Garland, who Cleveland just decided to take and put with Sexton. And then I think they later grabbed uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Yep. So they're doing interesting things over there in Cleveland. Uh, I don't know if you want to comment on that or not.
1: Uh, I called him the Rat Pack, as I said last episode. (laughs) uh, Rat Bag was my nickname going into the draft for Kevin Porter Jr. because of that little front rat tail that he has. And also Rat Bag is a a slang Australian term for, you know, someone who's got some misdemeanors off the court, shall we say. Um, but as you know, Colin Sexton's got that back-end uh, back, back end rat tail in his hairstyle. Right, so yeah. uh, the two of them together, the, the Rat Pack in Cleveland, I don't love that fit, but uh, particularly throwing Garland in there as well is pretty odd. But um, again, they gave up four second-round picks, I think, just to take Kevin Porter Jr. So some odd trades there for sure, even if Phoenix maybe takes the cake with the worst one of the lot on draft night, at least so far, Max.
0: yeah. I'm just, I'm looking down the board now to see if there's anybody else gonna make fun of. I guess if we can make fun of uh, Washington for taking Rui a little bit, that's <laughs> yes. kind of a weird pick. I don't really understand that. Yep. Um. I, I let's, let's real quick. Let's go to winners. No. Wait. One more thing I want to go on to. Sorry, I'm a little scattered here. No worries. Remember when everyone was convinced that Kobe White was guaranteed to be the Suns' pick? Yes. <laughs> like, don't don't listen to this bullshit. It's all it's BS, man. Especially now that McDonough's out. We're we're not gonna have to believe anything that James Jones says, man. He's he's just. He, I'm not even sure James Jones knows who they're gonna pick, so I, I'm not sure how he can tell anybody else.
1: Yeah, shout out Gambo. Another horror draft for him. Yeah. Um. So I think that's all we really need to say on that. But yes, uh, you know, we learn something every draft, whether it's with scouting and then what we find out after, or just these rumors, and definitely learn to pay far less attention to all that stuff because there's always a reason for it. Uh, And we had no inclination that Cameron Johnson was going to be a pick for the Suns other than maybe with pick 32 or a trade-up, which was something that I was going to be a fan of if they did that. But, you know, looking at the back end of the first round, particularly in mind with the Suns getting rid of that pick 32 in the end, there wasn't anyone kind of like a Grant Williams or a a Brandon Clark or, uh, you know, even Nassir Little who fell to 25. But, you know, there's not a lot there that, in hindsight now Would have been there For the Suns at pick 32 So again That probably helps The TJ Warren trade mm-hmm. um, To some degree At least Max um, But yeah Tied Jerome That kind of came yeah. A little bit out of nowhere I guess we didn't really discuss That was for the Milwaukee pick Which is 2020 And you know With how good Milwaukee is Probably going to be a pick around that range.
0: I actually, I tweeted that uh, I'm actually glad that they traded this thing just so we can stop talking about it. Yes. It's such a worthless asset. That, like Everyone like pretends it has value.
1: It doesn't have any value. It's stupid. Yep. This is the value it had. Yep. Imagine watching this draft as Ryan McDonough, Max, instead of us.
0: <laughs> Dude, that would have been actually way more fun.
1: Yep. We could watch all his stupid
0: assets get traded away. T.J. Warren for nothing. Milwaukee pick for a little white point guard who has no athleticism. That would have been awesome.
1: Yep, James Jones has, has clearly made his stamp for better or worse on this roster and just throwing out all those assets that McDonough took so long to to acquire. So, um, yeah, it, I don't know what else to say on the Suns draft overall. I'm not feeling great about it right now. Um, but I will say hate towards the Suns as a team. i um, going to try and fully support Cam Johnson and Ty Jerome. Um, and I'd probably like that Ty Jerome deal a little bit more if Aaron Baines sticks around. So I'm, I'm hoping that the next 24 hours are a little bit clearer on that one for us, Max, because...
0: Yeah, so I'm on... I'm so it seems like the, everyone's leaning towards buyout. I'm talking with Sreaker right now, who seems convinced they're going to have a full buyout where Aaron Baines gives back all of his money to become a free agent. We'll see. I have never. I don't know if I can remember that ever happening before. No, <laughs> so... that's kind of
1: what I was alluding to before because the Suns really shouldn't be... Uh, Just letting him go for no reason other than, you know, I know players and agents really run things at the moment, can really force their way out of teams, which is a little bit of a bugbear of mine, but... You know, it kind of filled a need that they were talking about with a backup big that could shoot a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and even from deep, you know, he's pretty good from the corners and things, Aaron Baines. So, you know, and the biggest thing for me, obviously, is the Aussie connection, even though I called him a bit of a pretend Aussie because he was actually born in New Zealand, Max, mm. but plays for our national team. So I finally got an Aussie on the team for a hot second. Congratulations. Uh, But he also would be a great mentor Mm -hmm. for DeAndre Ayton. And I think something we've spoken about with Holmes in the past is that, you know, great that they have a great relationship, but Holmes isn't the type of guy that's going to help Ayton develop, I don't think. Whereas Baines would, you know, pardon my French, but beat the shit out of him in practice every day. And I think that would really toughen up DeAndre. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I think... Reading everything, it getting announced a little bit later, kind of just seems like a throw-in to help Boston out, which I don't love.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I mean, listen, if if it really is gonna be him just being totally bought out, then it's basically just a non-entity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. It should never been reported. <laughs> but uh, you know, if uh, if he sticks around, I'm with you. I, I tweeted that I love Baines. I do love Baines. I thought I, we've talked about him before as a target for the Suns. I like that guy. Yeah, I think he was part of our uh, last off-season preview. Yes, uh, before they Celtics got them back, and that's so. probably
1: where Saric came in at some point too. Um, yeah, with sure it, it with is. A trade for a cheap guy, so yeah, we we definitely like both of the the vet guys that the Suns brought in, but who knows what's going to happen there, Max.
0: I just want to make a couple more points, and then we can close this out. Um, I think tonight's events, especially the Ty Jerome thing, uh, either Melton or or Okobo's gone, probably, or maybe both. Yeah. Next season They can't have this many young guys at point guard, especially if they're going to bring in a point guard, which is my other uh, main point here is, you know, they didn't address starting point guard here, obviously. So I think that, you know, the remaining cap space that they have, which maybe it'll be uh, $5.5 million higher if Aaron Baines really is just going to be gone with the wind. Yeah. But, uh, you know, regardless, we've talked about this quite a bit. You know, there are ways for the Suns to create cap space. Now that they filled the power forward hole with Dario Saric and <laughs> Cam Johnson, I guess <laughs> uh, they can uh, they can focus really just entirely on the point guard, um, which I think is, is a good thing. I do like how they can focus their attention on one thing, which is a veteran point guard, which you and I both thought is what they should be focusing on rather than you know a point guard in the draft. Yep. So that that part of this is good, even though they did take a point guard in the draft, I guess nominally, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but not not when they probably intend on starting right away. I hope. So, you know, that, I guess it's the biggest takeaway. and I, I think that, you know, our nerdcast, when we go over all the options in terms of how much shotter we'll have, all that stuff, I think the big focus for both of us is going to be how are the Suns going to fill the starting point guard role.
1: Yep, that's going to be the big point of discussion on the next episode for sure. Uh, a good point by you on the first uh, year, guys, with Melton and Okobo. Wouldn't be surprised if both of them are uh, taken out at some point, maybe as compensation for a team taking Josh Jackson could be a possibility now that everything's you know once everything's settled we'll know which teams have the ability to take on Josh Jackson which will be interesting to see that was our first question I believe at seven seconds or less last episode with mm-hmm. how many first and second year guys would still be on this roster I believe you said four at the time which was Aiton McHale Melton and pick six or just one pick from this draft yeah we've now got two more rookies um, and I think that spells trouble for some guys, along with what we were talking about with Jones just turning this roster over and making it his, his own. I think that's going to mean that, you know, roster balance wise, a few of those guys are, are going to be shed out. And I think you got the other thing right with question two with who was going to be traded. Uh, I believe you went with TJ Warren over Josh Jackson as the more likely chance. Uh, And that was before the Josh Jackson news, which we're not going to touch on here, but everyone knows what I'm talking about there, I suspect. Yeah, no, the only thing
0: I'll add on uh, on the Josh Jackson thing, I won't get into the news, but at this point, it seems just as likely that the Suns will be able to avoid his contract because of a morals clause Mm -hmm. than that we'll be able to trade him. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then we had the worst and best dressed which I believe you said yeah. Zion worst which I think you were pretty on the money or I think Bol Bol gives him a, a, a run I, I don't for want to
0: hammer money. on Bol I know I feel bad for guy. Right
1: he, he still hasn't been drafted so yeah, this no. you know the worst dress plus maybe undrafted would be a worse night for Bol Bol than the two of us Max I would say which is a, a very high bar to hit and I think you said Cam Reddish who I didn't really take any notice of from a Dressed standpoint, but you know there was a few people. I thought Brandon Clark was was pretty smooth, uh, and there was a few few out there ones. Um, The one for me, uh, my Miami buddy again, who I watched the draft with, was not pleased with taking Tyler Hero at thirteen, and he basically had the Miami Vice colours in that floral suit that he wore, which I thought was uh, quite telling given Miami eventually picked him at number 13, Max.
0: Uh, by the way, while you were speaking, I looked up, uh, Cam Reddish. Uh, he looks awesome.
1: <laughs> well, just, so, just uh... as you predicted, just <laughs> as you predicted.
0: Oh man. Yeah. That's an interesting. Tyler Hero, that's, that's a very Miami pick. Honestly, I, I'm not surprised they picked him.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that.
0: All right. Anything else we got to touch on? Uh, should we just preview what we're doing next? We've mentioned a few times we're going to do, uh, Nerdcast 2019. Yep. We're going to go over all the Suns' options in terms of what they can do with their salary cap. And then we're going to do our... Same thing we did last year, I think, right, David? We're going to do what we would do if we were the GM, basically. Yeah, I think people... And negotiate
1: with the other. I think people enjoyed that. So I think we'll stick yep. with something that people had good feedback on as we always like to do on this pod. So, yeah, maybe we'll come back... Uh, with a fresher look at what's just happened in the draft, because this is all very raw right now, and hopefully not too depressing for some people. Yes, and on that point, I want to make my Nate Duncan esque mini scouting reports on Ty Jerome and uh, and Cam Johnson. So. I like it. I like it. Maybe <laughs> maybe to offset that, I'll go with my uh, Gambo anonymous dot point <laughs> scouting reports on both please of do, them as do. well. Um, and, and tell you why they're, they're bad picks or, or good picks Oh and there we go Right to finish Oh
0: there we go Miami Yay! Heat I'm
1: going out to my friend As soon as we finish recording this And he will be very pleased <laughs> That they took Bol Bol With the 45th pick
0: Why the hell not now They, they got Bam and they got ball ball. What a team over there <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah Hopefully not too depressing here Max um, I think oh. as I said I think anyone who tuned into this probably knew as they were coming in that it was going to be pretty raw that both Culver and Clark were essentially passed up on by the suns uh and you know a weird situation. I kind of hope that I'm wrong. In one respect, and maybe that Cam Johnson balls out, although very high on him as well, so I won't look too bad from that point of view. You just do what I did last year. You root for Aiton and Luka to look good. Yeah, I'm rooting for Culver. I'm going to be, I said it the other day, Um, yeah, I think really hard worker, um, and you know, a good situation for him, hopefully. So, um, it's gonna um,
0: hopefully they can get rid of Wiggins. somehow. I'm a little nervous about those two. I'm <laughs> uh, about Wiggins just taking the ball
1: away from is ball, another man. prediction that again, I'm stealing all my ideas off my friends today, but. Uh, Harrison Barnes opted out of his deal in Sacramento. Mm. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, a King. Ooh, oh my god, that is such a Kingsy move. I like your
0: friend's brain. <laughs> I want to talk to your friend. That sounds. I guess like he has some good ideas.
1: <laughs> he's a he's a Portland fan, uh, and was mm. probably the only one that walked away in the room, pretty happy with their draft. Yeah, they got Nazir Little at like twenty five, right? Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, huh. so he was he was very happy. So. Yeah, I think we can probably end it there for now, Max. But we'll come back. Oh, with some. hold
0: on! Don't, 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 don't go to your friend too quick. Denver is acquiring. Butter.
1: Oh! <laughs>
0: That's freaking rant. So now they have Bulbo and MPJ and Jokic. And what the hell? Let's see what's going on in Denver.
1: Going with all the sliders.
0: But uh, one last thing I want to do before we close out is just preview the other idea we came up with for a podcast. We're going to record during the start of free agency. Yes. When all the deals are just being announced. So it's like, you know, rapid fire. Uh, It happens at a good time for us when we usually record. So we can both get on, we're both going to do it. We'll uh, react to everything. Hopefully, the Suns will do something, but even if they don't, other teams will. So we're going to react to all that, you know, as it happens. Yeah, the- post the podcast right away. So we're excited for that. So next two podcasts, Nerdcast, free agency preview, and then we're going to react to the free agency live.
1: Yeah, the the change in the rules is move the uh, the time forward and makes it first thing in the morning my time max so that's going to be interesting and I'm looking forward to doing that because we're essentially going to do what we're doing now and, and just react to things as they come through which will be very interesting Uh I guess I'll leave it on the fact that hopefully it is a better initial result to what I'm feeling right now after watching the 2019 NBA draft max.
0: Yeah they can only screw up so much in free and trade, they don't have enough cap space to do too much I hope, we'll see <laughs> uh, famous last words but uh that's it for us. Thanks as always, guys. Rate, review, and subscribe. We really appreciate it. I'm MaxMCC11 on Twitter. David is at the four point play on Twitter. David, thanks for joining me for this. Uh, you know, I think my prediction we're going to come back on uh, our next podcast and be higher on this than we are now. That's my prediction.
1: Yep. And I'm going to spend all off season being positive about the guys that we've brought in and hopefully positive about the overall situation. But hopefully, people. This helped you if you listened to the pod.
0: You can't be a Suns fan unless you're an optimist, no matter what life hits you with.